0: Today in TFC Stock Geek we're going to explore a company that is so intertwined with our lives that I think we cannot live without it, okay? Every day we have some form of interaction with one of its apps. But how much do we actually understand its business? Our daily interaction with these apps are empowering it with more data to target us. But the real business side of things are interfaces that many of us may not have explored. So joining me today to geek out on this giant tech company is Thomas Steele, someone that transcends finance and tech. Having worked in a Japanese hedge fund analyzing single stocks and currently product manager and one of the biggest e-commerce companies here in Asia. There are only two, okay, so you can guess, huh? We explored the revenue model of Facebook, the engineering complexity in such a business, the management team, and how to understand the leaving of WhatsApp and Instagram's founders. The broader headwinds of data privacy and the growth possibilities of this giant yes giants can grow bigger for the sake of reference this episode was recorded on 8th of may 2021 and released early to our community members our discussion today is solely for education and entertainment purposes only it does not serve as any form of advice or recommendations thank you for loving what we do and empowering us financially to do more for you so coconuts let's geek out
1: We're here today to spend time to talk about Facebook, essentially, right? This mammoth in the space of tech. Um, Can you even call it tech anymore? At this moment in time, everything is tech. (laughs)
2: Yeah, actually funny you say that, eh? because uh, some of the tech stocks you see in the ETS, uh, they're going to be classified under communications instead.
1: Yeah, and that is the change, right, if you think about it. Yeah, so I think when we, as we go along, more and more of these companies around they all have to adopt tech like it or not right so tech companies are no longer in this like small little bubble oh we are tech companies no man you are just a entertainment company (laughs) doing streaming (laughs) you're just a communication platform on socials right so so I think I think that's what we are seeing a lot in in the market Mm.
2: yeah maybe 10 years ago they were unique uh, because they were the first to do this kind of infrastructure they were the first to provide these kind of services they have their advantages uh uh mm. but nowadays software is becoming cheaper and cheaper you can get the same kind of capabilities for maybe a factor of the
1: cost um yeah and, and it's just pervasive la. yeah maybe you don't need to be a coder anymore <laughs> and a story for another day mm. right yeah you mm, don't need mm, to mm. yeah maybe there's a whole different landscape out there that is happening i think facebook definitely has changed a lot over over the years and they've adopted they've quite a lot of people right Every, all all the big names that everyone knows and Probably you have all their apps. I think that one, you know, (laughs) no doubt you have all their apps on your phone. So I just want to guide our audience through, like, man, share with us a little bit about, like, what is involved in in Facebook.
2: So Facebook is, like you said, it's a gigantic monster. Um, But let's try to break them into different parts, and the things that we commonly use and how they actually is related to Facebook. Okay, so you use Facebook as just a website. This is your social media platform, me connect with your friends and family and then you have like pages and stuff so that's the facebook that we're known uh we're we're, we're used to la. but then there's also um messaging uh platforms that facebook owns right so maybe you're using whatsapp right so whatsapp is is uh, wasn't under facebook last time you got bought over and then mm. uh, now basically uh they're under the same company la. so you're basically using facebook services their backbone um, there's also Facebook messenger. Maybe this one is not so popular amongst, uh, some people, uh, but elsewhere in the world, uh, this is actually widely used. Yeah. Um, yeah. So these are the messaging applications. Then we talk about, uh, other kinds of say like social media, social sharing platforms. Uh, maybe you want to share your videos and your, uh, photos and stuff like that. That's Instagram. And again, uh, Instagram wasn't by Facebook. It got bought over we see you you're still using the same uh services and this is all shared under the gigantic gigantic infra of uh, facebook lah, which powers uh the rest of their business model yeah so there's a reason why they bought it there's a reason why um, you're using it till today <laughs> even though there there's maybe there's other competitors yeah mm, mm. Uh, so there's this this big giant going around uh, gobbling up uh other smaller companies but making uh a, a very core part of their strategy mm. Mm, mm. Uh, and maybe one more, which is uh, maybe not so familiar to uh, some people, is uh, Oculus Rift. So mm. that's the like the VR, AR kind of angle that Facebook going. going. Uh, so mm. yeah, augmented reality, yeah, uh, virtual The reality hardware campaign.
1: game. Mm, mm.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that one is still in uh, R&D stage. Uh, but uh, basically where they want to go is have this kind of immersive experience where you never ever leave the platform. Oh, that <laughs>
1: sounds damn morbid. <laughs> <laughs> i mean i mean in,
2: like in, in this case of coronavirus right you stay at home um there's nothing else to do you're on instagram you're on facebook okay maybe on tiktok right but you're, you're still within this kind of service you never actually left now mm. what if you had some kind of like gaming system let's say like playstation you also will be on, the, on it for hours right so instead of uh sony playstation right instead you're on the oculus rift by facebook right
1: it's just a swap right? it's just a different mm. brand sounds like ready player one it's like, oh yes yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: this
1: whole thing that they are building this whole this whole thing you know from hardware to messaging to socials you know and and all these are actually the front facing part of the business where more people you know mm. people understand this part because we interact with it as much as we may not understand you know like why certain features are changing and how the algorithms work and all this kind of stuff um, mm. maybe you want to share with us a little bit about the, the things that people don't see in Facebook like the softwares at the back, the things that they actually make money from, you know. I think that's the that's the interesting part.
2: Mm. So how does actually Facebook make money from these kind of platforms? They serve a lot of different users and all that. Yeah, all free at one. The end all of free. The day, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely not free, lah. <laughs> it cannot be some some computers in the garage that's powering the servers and all that. No way, no way. Yeah, maybe when they started out, la. Yeah, mm. but now with the very big infra, you need to uh, see how they actually make money, and that's through uh, ads, basically. Most tech companies, um, a vast majority of them actually make their money through advertisements. Um, and this is from like working with different kind of uh, advertising networks so they can sell the space on their platform um, or they can sell the service to, well, uh, marketers who want to target specific kinds of users. Okay, So so let's uh, unpack that a little bit. Lah. Uh, for businesses, right, uh, let's say you are a cafe and you want to reach out to a certain kind of uh, target group. Millennials, right? those uh, with uh, spending power on the weekends, doesn't mind paying for coffee that's like 8 to $9. Yeah. So
1: <laughs> where, where,
2: where can you find these people, right? Mm-hmm. So if you want to go to the kind of platforms that can give you kind of this kind of data, then uh, basically your advertising budget is well spent. La. So mm-hmm. we have uh, Facebook pages, we have Facebook groups, right? We also have Facebook profiles. So in each of these, there's user information that Facebook has, Right, it's got your profile. It's got your uh, demographic data, like your age, right? Uh, maybe some of the locations that you uh, have been to in the past.
1: Now, every how do they get tag, the location? Every time data? you tag, they know. They know.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so tagging makes it accurate, but it doesn't mean that they can't get your location through Messenger and WhatsApp also. Yeah. So mm-hmm. this is the hidden thing, right? So it's not just that. Oh, I must log into Facebook. Then it, then only it will get the data. No, because you use their other services like Messenger or Instagram um, or WhatsApp, for example, it's able to get your data from your phone. And, um, if basically if, if your, your phone is setting like, Oh, I don't mind, I just give location access wherever I go and it doesn't matter whether I open the app or not. So Facebook has that information wherever you go. And the key thing is that, okay, now you have this information, uh, the marketers are better able to target you, but they don't Mm -hmm. know whether you're active or not. Right. They don't know whether Mm -hmm. you are actually going to buy something. So what is the pattern that uh, allows marketers to realize that eh, not just that you are in the area, but you're actually looking for a place to really just sit down and buy coffee. Uh, that's the, the, the step uh, where you're actually going to spend your money already. So um, there's even to a precise level, uh, like if you're messaging your friend, hey, want to get a coffee? Uh-huh. <laughs> you already know that that particular group of people right, is going to get coffee in that particular area. Well done. And if this is a pattern every week, Week in, week out, you're buying eight dollar, nine dollar coffees, right? This is the kind of information that Facebook can sell to the marketers as a service.
1: Mm. And that's why so I get is, very yeah. targeted ads. You oh, know, yes. cer- yeah, certain times of the day, I will get certain weird ads that pop out of nowhere. I was like,
0: what?
1: <laughs> so, so those things that are are prevalent. It's it's crazy. And the I think the 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 crudest way the advertising is going these days is the moment you log into some sort of like e-commerce platform, right? And then you search for that thing and then you browse for that product for a while, that same mm. thing that, that you are searching for will just follow you all over the internet. <laughs> it's, it's a little bit scary that way, yes.
2: So all this is done uh, through machine learning, but at the end of the day, all this information or data also can be sold back and forth between the advertising networks. Yeah, so this mm. is uh, very useful customer profile data. Um, and this is how tech companies actually make
1: their money. Mm. Mm. So the, the, essentially what I'm hearing is the better they are at targeting you, the more bang for the buck for the advertisers. So the more the advertisers will come to the platform and, and target you through them because they can give you very accurate you know, conversion numbers, la, very good results. Mm. Mm, mm, mm,
2: mm. So you can take, like, let's say, a very shotgun approach. Right, spend let's say five hundred thousand uh, dollars. I just want to get my brand out there, but mm. it's well, it's it's a, it's achieving that target where you get your demographic seeing your brand, but they are not taking action. So maybe the the um, the initiative of why you took that uh, marketing campaign in the first place was just for branding, right? Mm. But if you want to really sell something, it's a conversion for every dollar spent, you want to get a dollar back and more. Yeah. So if this ratio uh, is um. On is very high, you can actually charge much higher compared to other kind of platforms which aren't converting as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's not just about price, but it's also that kind of like, um, conversion rate which you are
1: selling. Mm, okay, that's interesting. Mm. Is, is that why recently there's a lot of like whoa with the whole iOS thing, and uh, you know like how, people are trying to pull back their data and you know not share with uh, these kind of ad platforms.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. So so that's a, a really good point. Um so the technical term is uh, I think Apple's IDFA. Basically mm. that is uh able to um get some kind of uh, cookie, in a very crude term, the cookie uh, that's stored mm. on your phone, right? Um Apple's not gonna let it let it let it slip. So they are just gonna hold on to that data. Um they're not gonna sell it either unless you go through some convoluted way. Basically they wanna uh, ring fence that data around the whole Apple ecosystem, starting mm. with the iPhone. Yeah. So mm. Basically, for the other third-party uh, advertising platforms, they're like, oh my gosh, we're not going to get Apple data anymore. Oh no, mm-hmm. oh no. There goes like, like, what, 50, 60% of our, <laughs> our yeah. advertising yeah, <laughs> data. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so there's a lot of convoluted ways to try and get the the Android uh,
1: sorry the iPhone data. Uh, but mm-hmm. of course, it's not of the same quality. Essentially, that will affect their fundamental strategy of advertising. And, you know, essentially it will affect potentially affect their revenue. That's why a lot of people are getting very, very jittery about it, right? Um mm. but then but then what are other revenue models that you know Facebook is, is uh working with
2: right right so we talked a bit about the um the ad space as well mm. um I mean it's still advertisements are, uh, but in this case instead of uh building sorry uh providing the target segments like audiences you provide spaces yeah. Mm. so it's still ads but uh, wherever the ads can be displayed and you want that uh, kind of time period where your billboard for example your banner is being displayed for uh, one week at a time two weeks at a time right then you pay for that much it's just mm-hmm. like you were buying a, a newspaper ad space la. Yeah, or mm-hmm. like on an MRT you see these big guys billboards right yeah. mm-hmm. that's why SPH die already <laughs>
1: Ayo, that one, that one has been a long time. Coming, long in the uh, making, long in the making. Yeah, yeah la, but 14. But, yeah. mm. but okay, so, so how many percent of uh, Facebook businesses are in ads? And I know that they're trying to do other business solutions, you know, and, and mm. how, how, is, how is that coming along? Uh,
2: so a very, very big part of the revenue of Facebook comes from ads. Yeah, although mm. they're trying different ways. Um, so for example, the... It's like 90,
1: 90 over percent. Yeah. Like, was yeah, it yeah. 9, 95 or 90? 90, it like, it's as good as ads. That's why everybody only care about the ads portion.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Uh, a very, very big portion of the, the rest is negligible. But mm. the rest is still rather important because that uh, affects them in the, I would say, the long term. They mm. want to have other kind of growth plans and uh, mm. looking at the other 10%, right, matters mm. because if, uh, let's say there's another social media platform which captures much, much more attention than Facebook. Mm. And like the conversion rate is much, much higher. Yeah, mm. like TikTok. <laughs> 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 all, all, you, all you need is one, right? And then uh. Uh, for, yeah, a few quarters down and you see like, oh, it's not, uh the revenue is not growing as fast anymore. Mm. And mm. Uh, Facebook doesn't get back its groove again. La. Yeah, mm. So that 10% mm.
1: matters because uh, they need to diversify away from uh, just purely ads. Mm. Mm. So what, what, what is this 10%? What is within the you know, Facebook innovation, trying to make other money kind of, kind of uh, initiatives?
2: Right. So there is the Oculus Rift, uh, the AR VR Play. Uh, this one is both in, uh, can be from selling of the units to uh, having its own kind of ecosystem, uh, like digital payments, right? So example, closest example would be the Apple ecosystem. When you buy anything from the Apple store, basically they are digital purchasers. Uh, you buy uh, a paid, Right. Apple takes I think thirty percent of the cut. And then um digital purchases also, uh let's say you play a game inside the uh the iOS uh, app. You pay mm. for digital purchases like let's say you buy some uh, gun or you buy some like special costume or whichever, right? So all this mm. also goes through uh, 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 the same like kind of payments platform within the Apple ecosystem. So
1: same thing that Facebook can can do with Oculus Rift as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So yeah. The main bulk of the business is in ads, and they're trying to do the payments ecosystem, and they're also trying to explore the whole like Oculus v- IRVR, like similar to an Apple ecosystem kind of thing. Yeah, if I can trap one billion users in the virtual platform, and I can
2: get them buying mm. and selling stuff, uh, that's like uh, digital stuff. Player one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so then scary. slap on a, and then slap on a <laughs> cryptocurrency on top of
1: it. Uh, uh that's a whole plan right you can see right that's yeah. what facebook is trying to do <laughs> okay yeah. okay uh, yeah that's interesting so so that is like the whole new business vertical kind of thing right but are we mm. seeing the ads business slow down you know or what is their growth rate currently and what are we seeing in the future for the ads business actually not really slowing um mm. I mean, the size of
2: the total revenues is increasing, but the mm. percentage terms are uh, cumulative is still rather constant. So this is actually quite good. Uh, Long term wise, right? If they manage to get these ecosystems up and running, um, it's actually a very good boost for the, the ads revenue system. Okay, why? Mm. Because um, uh, like, not, not joking, like, you, you trap 1 billion people on the digital, but they have nowhere else to look, right? So they are wearing the headset already and basically there's just free eyeballs. You can mm-hmm. display whichever ad that you want and it's a captive audience. Right? That, and that's... you, you, you I... want to have some kind of paywall where like, oh, yeah, subscribe to just $10 a month, right? And then it's mm-hmm. an ad-free experience. Then just mm-hmm. $10 times
1: 1 billion. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy shit. Crazy shit. <laughs> but then, but then um, how do I evaluate a social media platform then? So, if most of them mm. are on ads, right? Because payments is a little bit simpler, as long as there's transactions. Of course, um, mm. the, the complexity comes in the whole ecosystem of payments that we'll talk about in another podcast, okay? But uh, just mm. for today, I think we've kind of recognised that the main thing is still very much the whole ad revenue and the whole social platform that you know, is mm. dominant within the Facebook ecosystem, right? So, how, how, what are some like, major matrices to evaluate a, a social media company? I think
2: there is two main ones. Lah. So one has to do with the users. Another has to do with the revenue. Then uh, there's different variations of two of these based off uh, the, let's say, time element. Okay, so one of them will be, say, your daily active users. Lah. These are the number of users that um, is being actively engaged on uh, Facebook uh, or different platforms in Facebook. So you can look at these daily active users for, say, Instagram specifically or WhatsApp or Facebook and so on, right? And um, the different time element for this is that you can, you can look at it on a weekly basis or a monthly basis and then you can see that is it consistently growing and stuff like that, right? So what this tells you is that it's basically um, what is the size of the global active user community? How many real users are there? What's mm. the possible uh, things that I can do with this number of users, right? Mm. And then if you look at each of these platforms, maybe um, in, confirm inside their company, they have some dashboards which will help you to see, okay, would they're active in what way. Right, so mm. are, let's say spending eight dollars nine dollars of coffee every week. this is really mm. a kind of segment which is uh, automatic automatically classified. If you have this information, um that's very good as an investor, but it's mm. definitely hard to get lah. yeah if you want to model yeah. this yourself, it's very, very hard, yeah unless you're inside mm. facebook so
1: this mm. is, is is we can only look at the daily active users mm. Mm. but I do encourage yeah. people that want to invest to play around with the ad mechanism on Facebook mm right? Don't 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 just buy because, oh, DAU very high or monthly active users a lot, a lot, a lot, right? Because there are a lot of platforms that have a lot of daily active users and a lot of monthly active users, but they are not very optimized in the ad portion in the way mm. of, you know, it's not very intuitive to set up a lot of ads and the conversions are not high. So play around with the whole ad mechanism. Everybody can do it, you know, you can do it from your computer, set up mm. a Facebook page, tada, you can start advertising already, right? So, it's not about trying to create like e-commerce business, but if you want to invest in Facebook, I really think you need to go and play around with the ad ecosystem of Facebook and, you know, uh, its competitors, you know, like Twitter, Google, all the other guys and just kind of get a feel of, you know, how, how how does all these work? Because these are the products that you don't interact with but actually making money for the platform, right? So so I think right. that's that's the part, yeah. Right. And what, what is the other metrics then other than daily active users, the other one would be just revenue. Um, again,
2: depending on how you want to look at it, it can be on a daily, monthly basis. But also in terms of, uh, let's say, a group of products. Um, some of the statements, uh, yeah, the statements will use uh, this term called family. So it's mm. a family or basically it's a portfolio under uh, Facebook. So yeah. all the revenue under, say, Instagram plus WhatsApp plus Messenger plus all the other different platforms, that consists of family. Yeah. Mm. You, they may drill down further to, let's say, just messaging. So messaging would be Messenger plus WhatsApp. And then it's mm. social, social media, then it's uh, Instagram and just the uh, Facebook web. Yeah. And then Oculus Rift is maybe the R&D site. Yeah. So they may, may split into, into things like this, which is kind of helpful to see uh, the split of revenue. Uh, where is the money actually coming from? Yeah, You want to buy mm. ads on Instagram versus buying ads on Facebook, where is the money actually coming from? Yeah.
1: Mm. Are they showing the numbers now at this moment in time?
2: Um, not Facebook specifically, but you can hmm. get
1: some kind of proxy from third-party sources. Uh, third-party sources, okay. <laughs> nice, nice. Do you do you have some insights that you can share with us? Like, what are we? Where are we seeing the revenue split?
2: Yeah, so uh, okay, these third party sources is not anything like clandestine lah. What, what I mean is like these are the advertising networks. So because they yeah, do yeah, a lot yeah, yeah. of the Facebook revenue... <laughs> it's not, it's not dark money, dark ma-
1: not dark money, guys, right? It's, yeah, yeah it's just, so
2: yeah, this this is publicly like available ha- information. Yes, yes, yes.
1: It's just like YouTube yeah. uh, revenue was never given out until the recent one, the recent yeah. uh, Google release, right? So. Facebook is doing the same thing with all these other platforms, specifically Instagram, you know, which is, like, madly popular still. Um, but they're not showing the kind of ad revenue. So third parties, you have to take third party info. La. It's not a syndicate. La. We're not, like, selling some information. <laughs> 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 yes, yes, yes. Can you help us break down the revenue? Okay. Uh, revenue first or just the users? Are users and revenue. La?
2: Okay, okay. Because, uh, okay, so users first for some perspective. la. Basically, on a monthly basis, huh, for all the platforms that Facebook has, so Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp plus, Messenger, right? One month, there is 3.2 billion active people. Unique individuals? Unique individuals.
1: What the fuck? That's like half the world, I think.
2: <laughs> yeah, so, so that, that is, it's not a joke where Facebook can become its own country. Uh, yeah, it's got that its many currency. Of, uh, digital citizens.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, if, that's crazy.
2: If they wanted to buy a country and then like, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Greenland. Could, like. Greenland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. So 3.2, also let that number sink in. It's, it's ridiculous, right? Mm. Yeah. Nice. Okay, so how many people log in to Facebook daily? Just Facebook, right? Daily active users is 1.8 billion. So that's a little bit more than half, right? Uh, it's just using Facebook alone already. So for data collection-wise, right, that's a lot coming from Facebook. Mm. And the other kinds of uh, platforms are the ones that uh, supporting it to make the data more, uh, how to put it, higher value.
1: Mm. Yeah. More info, more targeted. Right, mm.
2: right, right. Okay, and for revenues, right, let's say I've got the numbers here for Q3 2020. It is at twenty-one billion. $21 billion in revenue for Q three. So that's one quarter, right? I mean this is is a bit much, <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know how many how many how many servers you need to buy with that, but this this is this is a lot of cash. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, um, yeah. I think people need to recognize that ads is a very pure cash business. You know, it's mm. just is you know, and, and you you can make a lot of miracles out of this amount of cash, which is why every big country is trying to like tax them and milk them, and you know, trying very hard to clamp down on digital you know taxes. Mm. So mm. when we look at these numbers, like
2: mm, what well, okay, twenty one billion, correct or not? Mm. So is it actually something that is feasible? You divide by the number of uh, the active users, right? Mm. So we have the number twenty one billion in revenue. We've got On a monthly basis, let's say we round it down, round it down to 3 billion people. Mm. Yeah, that's $7 a person. Not too crazy. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. So this number, when you boil it down, right, uh, there's a metric for it also. Uh, They call it the Facebook Worldwide Average Revenue Per User. So all you have to do is that number of uh, the revenue number just for Facebook or whichever platform, divide by the number of active users. And then you see, wow, $7 Mm. per user. Very cheap, there. You sure or not? You Mm. times the number of users. Yeah. So this is what they are banking on, right? The more users Mm. that they have, even though it's a flat $7, right? Incrementally, right? They're adding $7 more in
1: revenue. Mm, mm. But I I, want to add a little bit of texture here about about, Mm. uh, users. So I think everybody knows Friendster, right? Which was the... Back then, it was a thing and it died so badly. Um, One of the problems Mm. I think Friendster faced was very low value user relative to uh, what, what Facebook has, right? Um, low value user in the sense that majority of their users, you know, are in the Southeast Asian region at that point in time, you know, when Friendster was was a thing. And, you know, investors in the US were not interested in the users here because back then the users here didn't have spending power, right? So while we divide it as a mean, you know, to, to say that per user we're spending seven, but actually it's a lot more lopsided in the sense of like, a lot more of the ad dollars are being targeted within the US. And Mm -hmm. also, you know, I think there's a little bit of discussion um, in the market saying that, oh, Facebook and Facebook, nobody using Facebook these days, everybody on Instagram, blah, 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 right? Okay, whatever, whether you Instagram, TikTok, you know, whatever, all those kind of things. Let me just give you a little bit of colour, right? Um, Some of the biggest brands that are still doing very well, you know, uh, using traditional broadcast. Are uh, some of the older, older brands, you know, like all the health brands, you know, uh, magnetic mattress, whatever those kind of things, right? That they target the old people. Right? And they, they literally have a dominance in this space. So their ad channel is very powerful on broadcasting. So in Facebook, right? Facebook's majority of Facebook's audience at this moment in time are in the bracket of millennials, you know, and north of millennials. Right? So these people are in the prime of their earning career. Right, they are. They are supposedly the prime earners in every time era. There's always this bunch of people from thirty-five. To forty-five, which are prime earners, we are extremely difficult to target, you know. And Facebook has captured all of them. If you if you have not realized, yeah, advertisers because uh, we are in the advertising space, so we know advertisers are desperate to look for this where to target this bunch of people that are the prime spenders, mm. right? Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of people forget lah. Uh, you know, think Facebook. I, I, nobody use Facebook. But hey, hello, hello. You know, these guys are, are the are the real real money makers. Mm. I think that's a really good point. Um,
2: doesn't matter of which. Uh, Target segment, you may seem like okay. It's not my my generation, right? Mm. But it's still pretty substantial, right? There's still a, mm. a, the whole worldwide population in terms of percentages, right? It's a pretty big yes.
1: amount. Mm. Yes, yes, yes. And which is why the whole mm. rise of TikTok. Right, a lot of people are oh, TikTok is gonna kill. It's gonna kill uh, Facebook. But I think that will bring back to the revenue in itself, right? How well is TikTok engineering its revenue model? You know, are are they capturing the audience that? advertisers want, you know, or what kind of advertisers can afford to spend and, and all those kind of things, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah, TikTok is taking a very uh, fundamentally different approach. Uh, infrastructure-wise, also different. But uh, yeah, I think we can discuss it another time. It's a pretty big mm-hmm. one. <laughs> yes,
1: yes, yeah. yes, yes,
2: definitely. Uh, but going, going back to your point, uh, different parts of the world, yes, so geographically, right, you can also see these numbers split by different uh, continents. Let's say for US and uh, Europe and APEC, these numbers are uh, for average revenue per active user will differ. So the average is really an average across all the, the whole wide world, right? But it doesn't mean that it's uh, very nearly distributed. Uh. Mm, mm,
1: mm. Mm, mm. Yeah,
2: so some places yeah. maybe say $3, right? Another place will be like, wow, crazy, $27, $30 per user. Yeah. So mm. this Facebook platform is much, much more uh, popular or uh, the users are highly active on that in certain parts of the world, more so than others. And uh, yeah, also with the spending power, people don't mind spending more on certain countries, or basically the ads just work better in certain countries. Yeah, it ultimately it's back to your audience, right? They prefer to be engaged uh, on Facebook in the US as compared to uh,
1: APEC. Maybe APEC side Instagram is more is is better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what is Facebook share in the market? What is the kind of projected growth that we're looking at with Facebook? Because it's no longer a small guy, right? Like, we're not expecting like, mm. you know, massive, massive growth. But from its perspective, you know, what are we pricing in? Like, what is the kind of growth rates that we're looking at? Sure. So, the expected growth of, uh, let's say, your total media ad spend in 2018,
2: right? Uh, US dollars is 283 billion, 283 billion, right? 283 in 2023, now. Uh, so now, so let's say two years from now, it's going to be 517 billion. Wow. It's going to double.
1: Yeah. This is okay. ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. So it is essentially eating in the traditional media. It is. It is. Uh, at uh, the same mm, time, the mm. pie is expanding also. Mm, mm. In what sense? Like, why is the pie expanding?
2: There's different uh, ways to look at it. So one is that population growth. The mm. second thing is that, basically, ad spend, when you look at it, uh, it's a... Uh, Interesting number, to say the least. The more platforms there are, and the more ways that marketers can reach out to the audiences, this number actually increases.
1: Hmm. Tell me more. Right? Because Tell me more. Yes. It's,
2: it's, it's more ways to reach out to your audience, ma. Uh, okay, let's say, take newspapers, for example. There's only one newspaper. No one else has been innovative or entrepreneur enough to start another newspaper. The only mm. available ad space, right, is that one newspaper. Mm. Then your total media ad spend doesn't increase unless the newspaper itself, that sole newspaper raises the price or mm-hmm. somehow magically uh, creates more pages la. Then you get like mm-hmm. uh, yellow pages or something, then endless, endless, <laughs> pages, right? Yeah, yeah. But, but that's the thing, they, they, they evolve, right? And then they, mm-hmm. they find out that, okay, we're just putting more and more ads, but we're losing our users' engagement. Now, someone innovative or entrepreneur comes along and say like, hey, I don't like this format and my friends tell me that perhaps another format is better. Why not? I introduce swiping ads instead, mm, mm, like a digital mm. platform. they i like, hmm, okay. So when the analysts look at it and say like, okay, this has potentially like four or five times the output of media ads, right, in terms of spending uh, compared to the traditional ones, then your total pie actually increases. Now, why? Because the old one, the old business, also has a chance to innovate up to the level of the new guy. Now, that's up to them, lah. That's up to them. Mm, mm, but the total mm. media amount that can be spent now is split between two platforms. Mm. Yeah. And the size that... uh, in relation to that also increases because uh, basically there's more eyeballs. Right? Mm. Unless the eyeballs are actually decreasing uh, then that's a separate thing. That means there's the, you create a new platform so the person doesn't want to see. Then that's a different mm. story altogether.
1: But, but what I'm hearing is the more media players in the game that are doing very well in whatever they're doing like like TikTok, Snapchat, Twitter, you know, um, New York Times and all these guys, the more they are, the net ad spend across all of them, you know, like as a collective, will become bigger. Mm. Is that is that what I'm hearing? Yes. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. I always thought it was like a duopoly or the oligopoly where winners winner takes all kind of thing. I didn't I didn't realize that when there were more players, more advertising assets and platforms in the space. The net net actually gets bigger, right? So the market share actually grows along. Is there a reason why to that? Like other than the whole uh more possibility and all that. Is it something to do with how marketers look at uh spending? Or is it how like um companies are looking at their whole sales process now? Is it is it changing that way?
2: It's a little bit to do with uh, like demand and supply and inflation, actually. So, why mm. these terms are also involved in advertising, okay? So, let's say, now take the example of uh, TikTok versus Instagram, right? Last time, Instagram used to just dominate the whole millennial's attention, right? Mm. And then, along came TikTok with a very different way of uh, presenting content and it's user-generated. And it's also uh, basically having very, very different ways to show ads, uh, Yeah. And at the same time, inside, they have embedded ways of influencers to show their own uh, content or to show their own ads or their promotions and all that. So all this is just a plus and a times and a plus and a times, right? Incrementally, this increases. So where the inflation comes in, right, is that um, when marketers see that there is a shift of attention from one platform to another, right, now this total amount increases slightly. Because there's more that you can spend inside uh, TikTok as compared to Instagram. There's just more tools, right? Mm. But the second thing is the inflation part. What if the same group were using both Instagram and TikTok at the mm. same time? They were not actually uh, complete substitutes of each other, but they were using both at the same time. And a spend on something else, lah. maybe they stopped going out, right? Suddenly, mm. everyone has two hours free in their free time because they don't need to travel anymore. Where's that two hours going to go? It's going to go into Instagram and onto TikTok. So hey, you've mm. got more eyeballs that increase on both platforms. Yeah. Mm. So uh, wherever it is, if you are a brand that, uh, has that just nice, that target segment is in between Instagram and uh, TikTok, spend on both. La. Now basically, mm. you are having your brand uh, exposed to both platforms. Wherever and whenever um, that user actually opens up their phone, it's either Instagram or TikTok. Your brand is there. Your ad is there. Something is going to convert at the end of the day.
1: Nice. And and there's I know that in the ad space, um, not unique to Facebook, across in the market, there's an auction mechanism that is mm. in advertising. You want to share with us a little bit about that part? Right, right, right. So auction mechanism, uh, I think this was popularized by
2: Google first, uh, mm. by their keyword bidding search. But the mechanism is the same in that we uh, see how auctions work is that there is always a base price. This base price is uh, usually set by the advertising platform. Google has their own advertising platform, right? So AdWords, AdSense, and that kind of stuff. They set the base price based off the demand for that keyword. So if you have, if you substitute the keyword for, let's say, an ad space, you know that um, this particular series of videos, right, always have a lot of eyeballs on, always, always convert. You want to price it higher first, right? Mm-hmm. And you will not accept any other prices right, below that amount. No one wants to take, right? Okay, lo, keep it empty. Lo. Then it's mm-hmm. your loss, right? Only yeah. the next highest bidder wins. So, so what happens is that when this auction mechanism is introduced into uh, different different uh, platforms, right? The price is only ever going to go up. Mm. Right? It's never going to go down. Unless the bidding system is different. Uh, of course, there's other different kind of auction mechanisms. You like take a second best bid or something like that. Uh,
1: but let's standardize it as just uh, this, this way of auction. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. going to go up. It's going to go up. Nice, yeah. We will talk about the whole bidding mechanism when we go into other ad platform play, maybe like TTD, like Trade Desk, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, Or, or yes. you know, those those are, uh, the whole game is there. You know, they, they play the whole thing there. But I think from a Facebook standpoint, all the little, little things are just really adding to having more engagement and more targeted advertisements so that more revenue grow and, then, you know, like, well, a bit like a mammoth kind of thing, right? Mm. <laughs> and do mm. you want to run us through quickly, like, what are the financials looking like? What is the you know, health of the company, you know, like how much money are they having and all this kind of stuff. And I think a lot of people need to also recognize the the value of, you know, like cash that comes in through these kind of businesses. Um, you can make magic, you know, cash today is much bigger than cash tomorrow. Right. So I think a lot of people don't, they, they need to see that, right? It's not just about revenue growth. Yeah. Give us some idea about what is their financials in Facebook.
2: Okay. Basically, you talk about the revenue versus the cost. Uh, the revenues are growing as fast, if not slightly mm. slower, uh, than cost mm. most of the time. Yeah. So they are still spending some stuff on uh, their R&D, their expenditures and all that. But if they just decide to not spend as much, right, they're already profitable, actually. Yeah. So mm-hmm. what are they actually spending on? It's basically making it more scalable. They are spending on marketing and uh, things like that, lah. Raw numbers are uh, basically for revenue uh, and just ads only because it's like ninety percent of the revenue. Um, <laughs> as of, yeah, that, that's a big one. That's a big one, really. It doesn't, yes, it doesn't, yes. Anything else is not much impact, really. Anything uh, else is
1: the growth potential. Right? It's, it does not have significant impact on the balance sheet at this moment in time. Yes. yes. yes,
2: yes. Now we are in uh, 2021, but we have the numbers from December 2020. Uh, mm-hmm. December 2020 was 27.1%. Uh, billion and then twenty point seven in the previous December. Uh, so that's twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's a thirty point thirty-one percent difference quarter on quarter yeah change based on a yearly mm-hmm. basis lah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is, is quite big,
1: right? Thirty percent. Yeah. It, for it's, a it's mammoth is big, just saying. You yeah. Know, for <laughs> for someone like Facebook is is considered big. Most big companies probably don't don't grow like that. Mm-mm-mm. Mm.
2: now let's look at their cost so uh, same case uh, time basis as well as the uh, comparison metric it's 28 versus 21 so this has increased also by like 33% yeah so uh, that difference of 2% between the revenue and the cost like you say "Mm, yeah the cost is rising faster than the revenues but Mm. actually anytime they can just reduce the cost through some cost cutting method right Uh, make the platform more scalable and stuff like that or revenue suddenly they unlock the uh oculus rift and it becomes profitable mm. straight away
1: already, yeah,
2: yeah, they are actually making money on a net basis uh if you look at it on a yearly basis uh, rather than just the current quarter, yeah, so sometimes mm. the quarters they may dip down, sometimes the quarters may increase uh this is definitely based off their own uh, roadmap of the company, mm. yeah, mm. but if you're talking about health, quite healthy, and then uh for margins, right, we wanna see like okay so. What is the kind of profit that they are making? Yeah, so uh, let's say like operating margins, right? This is, we look at operating margin, it's at least like 46%. The lowest it has mm. been
1: uh, for the last year is about 42 This is super Crazy. fat, lah. This is super, super fat. fat. <laughs> give give everybody some context in uh, other sectors. How, what are we looking at?
2: Right, so... Uh, SAO and gas, f and
1: those kind of guys, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, so so and b it's... Very, very, very good, really, if you can make more than, say, 20%. Mm. Yeah, I think this is one of the most outstanding uh, uh, restaurants, uh, maybe like Haidilao or something like that. But they have a very unique Mm. structure, and the way they Mm. operate also allows them to get uh, quite pretty high margins. But on Mm. an average basis, right, then it's much, much lower than than 20%, actually. It's not easy as the F&B. If you compare to Facebook, I mean, this is totally different dynamics, but if you want to compare what type of business that you want to start, right, or uh, what kind of type of businesses to invest. Why uh, certain people invest in software companies is because of this. Your Maybe your initial upfront cost is expensive because you build your infrastructure one-shot. But once you build it well and you scale it well, then you can get margins like that because it's a one-time cost. The rest is just, you're using the same infra and then scaling it up.
1: Maybe a few... yeah. Uh, yeah a few increments yeah exactly so I think a lot of people need to recognize the software business also in the content mm. business you know uh, very similar in the sense that once you build something um, the fixed cost is there it's the same fixed cost okay mm. unless you unless you keep innovating and which most of them do they keep innovating and you know keep, keeping themselves relevant you know mm. but there is no incremental cost per good sold. You know, to to another to another person. Right? So I think a lot of people need to recognize this. You you don't actually pay more to produce more because you already produced it. Right? And for every more impression, which is why Netflix is amazing. You know, um, the the YouTube even more amazing. Right. All those we can talk another time. You know, but the, the the kind of idea where after you produce the content, more people can watch. It does not matter. The more people that watch, the more the scale you get, and the, the more money you can you can make out of it. Right. So, limited mm-hmm. incremental cost. And that is the beauty of uh, a lot of tech and, you know, content kind of business. And a lot of people mm. need to need, need start to see why there's always a premium paid to tech companies. La. Yeah, I think, I think that's kind of where it is. Yeah. But like we've mm-hmm. said in the beginning, you know, tech companies are no longer that tech anymore. You know, things are changing and people uh, are reclassifying a lot of them. So, yeah. What about the, the whole, how much cash does Facebook have? How much debt does it have? You know, like how, how, how crazy can things get here? Uh, it can be its own country. Lah. Okay, so Net- here's how much cash they have. <laughs> here's how much Net- cash
2: they have. Uh, 60.3 billion. It's just sitting there, right? It's just sitting there. And uh, mm-hmm. if you're thinking like, okay, how did they get that kind of growth how, um, without borrowing any money? Okay, so how much did they mm-hmm. borrow in total? Net-net, it's 11 billion. If mm-hmm. they wanted to pay off the debt, anytime, no problem, like, like 60.3 billion. Yeah. yeah, here you go. Yeah, yeah. but I'm not going to yeah. do it, right? I can pay it off mm-hmm. anytime. And my cash flows are healthy. Please lend me more mm. money to grow faster.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, so that's very, very, very healthy. Of very, very fat. Mm. Mm. Nice, mm. nice. Big fat business. So essentially when you are buying to the company, you're buying cash at some level if you think about it.
2: Yes, yes. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: It's it's not it's not a, it's not a very debt heavy kind of kind of business. So that's that's one of the beauties. And I think a lot of people need to start to imagine a little bit. Like with fifth with sixty billion, right? Uh, what can you do? You know, you can you can buy out all your competitors <laughs> if you really wanted to do that shit, right? And mm. you you could you could totally riff into another another space, which is why a lot of the big you know tech giants or the guys that had very big. Um, they had very big businesses that were making a lot of cash. You know, they they expanded over time to acquis- through a lot of acquisitions, right? And, you know, for a period of time, it was the insurance guys, you know, and then there was the media guys. And then now it's like the tech the tech boys, right? So just kind of look at how things are changing over time and who is making the very big cash margins, right? And if they play well, my goodness, they, they can dominate for a period of time, you know, and, and that that is uh, quite wow. mm
0: mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Agree with yeah
1: you. so having that mm. cash really just gives you a lot of options. Yeah. yeah, a lot of leverage, a lot of a lot of crazy things that you can do. But what about the team then, actually? Like I know that at Facebook, um, a lot of the guys that they acquired, their founders have left, right? So WhatsApp, Instagram, the founders have all left. Um, so I think Facebook for a period of time may have gone through some internal management challenges. Of course, a PR campaign mm. will make it sound like a very sweet one. Nah. It's like, oh, we leave, blah, 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 blah. It so always, always sounds beautiful. Okay, mm. that, that's, how, that's what PR, they do, right? That's their job. You know, but if big guys, big product heads, essentially they are the product founder, right? So they are like the biggest head and they leave. You know, how, how does that affect like, Facebook in that sense? Do you, or do you feel it even affects Facebook? Actually, not much. Uh, reason mm. why is because for
2: any uh, M&A, uh, merger and acquisition, uh, it is common for the founder or the CEO of the uh, acquired company to actually leave, the target company to leave. Um, mm-hmm. There's reason for it. Uh. One is that there's uh, they really lose control, right? But depending mm-hmm. on the contract between uh, him and, or here, uh, and the acquirer, right? Certain financial rewards are also there once he f- they finish up, like let's say that two years or three years. Once they fulfill it, they cash in on the options or, or they get paid out early, then just leave, la.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: unless they really, really like the, the culture, uh, there are some cases where they stay. But um, in either case, right, leave or not leave, operationally wise, uh, it should not affect because the M&A, uh, the whole due diligence process really right, has accounted for um, integrating their whole entire uh, products, their technology, mm. their stack, right? And sometimes the acquisition uh, uh, is to do with the equity uh, hiring. They're rehiring certain people right, for that amount of time. And transferring the knowledge from their hits to Facebook's heads, yeah. Mm. And then once it's done, ready, like okay after Up to you to stay or not. But you're just gonna be an engineer. Sorry, yeah. Mm, so
1: mm,
2: mm, mm. yeah, M and As are uh, one person is going to get a good deal. Another person is not going to get a good deal. There is always a general case, yeah. Mm, but mm. Uh, how do you want to present it to the public? Is that yes, uh, this acquisition occurred. This amount of cash has exchanged hands, or is it? Yeah, it's not exactly cash all the time also. Sometimes it's just a stock transfer. Sometimes it's just like a promise to pay in the future. Uh, but whichever, that number is easy to di- digest uh, uh, when it's released to the public. But, yeah, but, but in any case, it um, doesn't mean that uh, founding uh, a product founder uh, uh, leaving uh, actually has impact on the running of the, of the business. Yeah. If the due diligence has been done well, uh, there's such a thing also as a tech due diligence, uh, the transfer will be quite smooth. So even if oh, they, they leave, this... yeah. Mm.
1: Unless, right, that's there's very,
2: thing. very high dependency on on the, all those engineers that you, you hired and you actually hired. Uh, they are the only ones who know how to operate the technology. Then, well, mm. um, I mean, that's not a very safe position
1: to be, like, if you are buying, right? You wouldn't want to, yeah. to have that kind of thing. Mm. And I'm expecting the team at Facebook to do very good duty. You know, Because I, I I, I mean, we all have friends in the tech space and they make money, you know, um, they build their own startup and all. And sometimes you look at some startups, you'll be like, why the hell is this thing acquired? And why the hell is this other thing not acquired when it looks like it's amazing? But actually, mm. a lot of people don't realize the back end is in a mess, right? <laughs> the front end looks amazing. Well, interface, very nice, everything. But behind a lot of a manual work and a lot of engineering debt that's being built up, right? Which means like a lot of patchwork and the software is not done well, which is why a lot of these big guys, they 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 don't buy these seemingly good companies or seemingly... Nice companies. Huh? We, have, we can have a discussion about Grab another time. There's a lot of engineering debt in Grab. <laughs> we, can, <laughs> we, can, we can talk about that in, in another discussion. But yeah, so, so, so that, that, you know, that, that's, that's that. Right? But what is your, your view of the management at Facebook? Who are they? Who are the major guys? And you know, what do you think? How's their job done so far? How do you evaluate them? I think Facebook is in very good hands. Uh, firstly, the
2: CEO is also the first founder. Um so that's mark zuckerberg right? never mind the, the academics, but look at his work ethic, look at his uh consistency in delivering certain outputs huh? yeah so um him being someone that is uh, founding this company and uh, he is actually he was able to transform it uh of course with the help of certain advisors v c. s and his other partners um into the company he is today that takes a lot of uh grit. And consistency, it is, yes. yeah. it's not, mm. he's not like, oh, I already IPO, I exit. He's been there mm. for a very long time, yeah. Yes, so yes. Facebook was founded 2004. now it's twenty twenty one,
1: right? That's
2: yeah. pretty long time, yeah. Crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. one one generation already.
1: Right. Yeah, <laughs> man, you can have a kid, and the kid now going to like graduate already. You know, it's it's pretty wild. And I, I think I think like like what you said, right? A lot of people don't realize the transformation from a startup founder to as your startup scale when you start hiring big bunch of people and then you you know have big vcs coming in and then they want to have a say and then you go for a listing and then you have to you know manage the bigger community of investors out there and how mm. this whole process change is it's not easy for the person to grind through which is also why the the talk about founder right because i think founder led companies have that difference in a sense that i mean not all founders can keep transforming that is one thing yeah that's true but i think at some point in time, only the founder will have the reason and the grit to really grind through it that much, you know, in, in my view. Right? Because a lot of people think it's about making money, but honestly, at some point in time, these guys have so much money they can they they don't need to to do it already. Right? So if they don't have a bigger reason to do it, then you know it's 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 um it's pretty challenging. Like, so, so I'm very big on founder-led companies also, yes. Mm-hmm. And him uh having
2: been through the whole 17-ish years right he knows all the different problems really rather than you have multiple <laughs> multiple transitions of ceos and cxos all that right they only come in a few terms at a time but they uh only know part of the problem yeah so every company has its challenges but being right there from the inception right he knows uh, very well his users he knows very well how to improve the revenues and basically bringing it step by step to what you see today Nice, so I think CEO, nice. yeah, yeah, pretty stable, um, pretty uh, awesome. Uh, although there might be some question of his uh, ethics and all that. <laughs> so I think that's another discussion um, to do with mm-hmm. the regulations in the US and things like that. But from a business point of view and a management point of view, I think quite, quite good.
1: Nice. Who else is on this team?
2: There is uh, the CEO. So she's Cheryl Sandberg. Um, mm-hmm. Previously, she was uh, VP for online sales and ops at Google, and then um, chief of staff at United States Treasury Department under President mm-hmm. Clinton. So like, okay, mm-hmm. wow, mm, quite impressive, uh, right? Yeah. yeah. Then uh, she the was list supposedly goes on. The, the,
1: she, she was supposedly the big girl that was brought in to try to, you know, make Facebook a, a thing rather than a startup. Uh, that, that was mm. some, supposedly the, the idea behind it when, when they tried to push her in to management. Mm. You know, but how, how has she performed so far then on Facebook? Uh,
2: quite well. Uh, so for what I read uh, elsewhere is that she really brings in the, the, the operational experience to scale it from a uh, small startup into something that is uh, very scalable throughout the rest of the world. So, I mean, you can look at her experiences. It's just a long-running list. Um, <laughs> but basically, she, 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 she has a lot of that kind of practical experience, right, to solve different kinds of problems uh, operationally, especially when you want to scale things up. Uh, very wide you can't run things in a startup way when your company is ten thousand people right your your mm. infrastructure is like uh all over the place and that kind of stuff you really need to get that in order la. um mm. and i think she has that kind of skill set she stayed on also for quite some time um, and that kind of very experience for uh, optro uh, is very very helpful
1: mm. Mm. I, I think people don't realize the challenges yeah. of ops mm. nice so so other than, you know, like the big two in the team, that you always see these two guys, right? They're always representing Facebook, you know. And as a tech company, you know, who are the other important people that we should know in Facebook?
2: For sure, it would be the CTO.
1: Um, so as a tech company, you do need a,
2: a, a tech person. Uh, okay, I, I, I don't think I'm going to pronounce his name right now. Uh, Mike Schroffer. You're going to butcher
1: it. Mike it's Schroffer, butcher that I name.
2: guess. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, his background, uh, quite... Uh, well-established also. Uh, last time, he was at Mozilla Corporation. So Mozilla is, uh, Corporation is the one Firefox. that created your Firefox browser. yes, And uh, mm-hmm. other kinds of uh, products. Basically, uh. he led the engineering the, and the product development
1: there. Mm. By the way, for all of you who didn't know, actually, if you go and check your um, data, you know, um, uploading and downloading speed, right, Mozilla is actually more efficient than Chrome. Right For all of you that, that didn't know this thing, I only recently found out. I was like, oh, wow. That's why a lot of my engineer friends, they actually use Mozilla Firefox. I was like, who the hell used Firefox? And am like, you mm-hmm. I was like, oh, wow. Okay, that's cool.
2: <laughs>
1: Geeking out over here. yeah. Uh, Google yeah, product yeah. managers are going to reach. Her. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so, it, which essentially shows that this guy, you know, has the ability to create... You know more efficient products, and you know because the the whole I think Google is extremely powerful on the front end, right? But I think the back end is the big the big question mark that a lot of people don't know. You know how to how to manage those things. Like it's not even that I know, but it's just like my engineering friend was telling me that everyone use Firefox because it's more efficient. And I was like, oh okay, <laughs> like they also can.
0: Mm.
2: Yeah, <laughs> and and really browsers browsers they seem pretty simple, but it's not easy to build. Yeah, there's a lot of moving parts mm. to that. Mm. So, uh, so so Mike Schaefer he goes. Even more technical than that. So, he was an engineer at uh, Sun Microsystems. Yeah. Mm. So, Sun Microsystems uh, is basically like uh, uh, in between the hardware and software la- la- layer. La. Yeah. So, they can do... Mm. Yeah. He, he's got quite a deep tech...
1: Mm. Shit. This guy is cool.
2: Yeah. Mm, mm. uh, nice. And he's got some patents also.
1: FYI. Serious? Yes. What the hell? <laughs> this guy's a geek. Nice, nice, nice. <laughs> I, I I like that. I like that tech company has a geek. <laughs> like, as a serious geek, right? And like what you just said, right? He, he has experience in... The, I mean, I don't know him, but he has experience in the whole like in-between of hardware and software. And, and that is the part that is extremely difficult for, for a company like Facebook or a company like Zoom or like YouTube, which has a lot of data, a lot of content, you know, sitting around. And, and people don't realize, you know, how difficult is it to manage the things at the back, Mm. You know, where there's so much data and, you know, which is why AWS kind of dominate this whole thing. You know. mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, Facebook has their own data time. centers also. Yes, right? yes, yeah. yes. Facebook has their um, own, yes. Mm-mm-mm.
2: So it's really end-to-end. Mm. End, uh. It's not just like, oh, yeah, Facebook browser, software only. Not. Eh? Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a lot, it's a lot. No, no. Yeah. They're not relying on other
1: people. Yeah. Yes, end-to-end. Yeah.
2: End. Mm. So one thing you might nice. uh, try if you go onto any browser on your, your handphone, your mobile phone, mm. go onto Facebook and then try to get, uh to press any link that goes outside of Facebook. Then it will tell you like, oh, mm-hmm. are you going to use your mobile data or something like that? Yeah. So it's actually mm-hmm. optimized to your platform that you're using. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To try and reduce the file size or try to improve the speed so that you use mm-hmm. Facebook more. Yeah. So little mm-hmm. things like
1: wow, that. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Crazy, crazy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, cool. Cool guy. Okay. And, and I'm sure there are a lot of other people in the board... And, you know, in their management, is there anybody that it catches your eyes and, you know, someone that you think we should, we should talk about? Yeah, actually, there's many, there's
2: many. Okay, maybe just two more. Uh, The CFO, so his name is David Wiener. Uh, Basically, he was, he was in Facebook for a long, long time. Um, Mm. But also, uh, previously, he was corporate finance and business planning in Facebook, the VP. Uh, before mm. that, then he was uh, CFO at Zynga. So Zynga is uh, maybe you're familiar with the poker app, the, YouTube, ad, the you know Facebook that? game. Yeah, the Facebook game and, <laughs> and stuff like that. There's reasons why I mean they were popular on Facebook also, la. Yeah. Mm, but mm, uh, monetization or getting these payments out from uh, digital platforms and really uh, uh, making sure that the finances are healthy. Yeah, this is the guy. Mm.
1: Mm. So uh, very loot very boxes. good loot loot box. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, talk about that another time. Uh, when we talk about gaming guys, we can have an endless discussion on how they try to milk money out of you. <laughs> and to have a gamer in the team, that, that, that's that's pretty wild. Yes. Something interesting about his
2: uh, academic background. Uh, he actually studied mm. chemistry and applied physics. Oh, okay. And this is a finance okay. person. <laughs> it's still, is at the end of the day it's math. Uh, at the end of the day it's math. You know? Yes,
1: yes, yes, yes. Mm.
2: Cool. And uh, one more person will be Chris Cox, his chief product officer. Uh, since 2005, but he's not just like a product manager from the start. He was a software engineer uh, initially at Facebook, and then he grew into the chief product officer position where he is today. So he was a software engineer. He built up some uh, Facebook features like newsfeed, And then uh, for brief stint, he was a director of HR. Okay, now it's a bit random. Uh, hmm. <laughs> but then after that, he became uh vice president of product. Then his product management uh, all after. uh What it's interesting to note is that he actually studied symbolic systems at Stanford university. Okay. Why? This is like a random thing, right? So one of the, um, VCs, Andreessen Horowitz, right. If I'm not wrong, um, Mark Andreessen, he also studied symbolic systems. Yeah. So there is this kind of a connection where what you study or where you've been and all that, you bring in certain kind of investors or you have that kind of special relationship, right. And, uh, that really helps also, uh, in strong, uh, having strong bonds, uh, from a long time ago.
1: Yeah. Mm, nice. Relationship, huh? Go mm-hmm. a long way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nice, nice. Okay, okay. So I, I think essentially we're what, what we're hearing is Facebook has like a punch of talent. Like. They also have a lot of money and they have a big vision and they have, they they know what they're trying to do. So you know, you see a lot of products that will line up, right? So then you know, that will give be you attract good, like crazy guys that really wanna make things work. Where when you're on a big ride, right? So mm-hmm. what are then some of uh, the modes of the company Then, uh, why are they so strong and why can they continue? Because I, th- I think we talk about a lot of these things as we go along, right? But let, let us sum up, you know, uh, to talk a little bit about the modes of the company. Why is it so strong? and Why will it continue to stay strong in that sense? And mm-hmm. a little bit about the headwinds and the tailwinds of the company. Mm-hmm. So for modes, I think the common ones that we might hear is the network effect. So,
2: uh, like the social network movie and stuff is always talking about this, right? So, what is it actually? So, we see the bigger the network, the more powerful your product or your business also. Because it, be just, it just becomes more valuable, right? Um, so, say for example, uh, Friendster, right? If it's only you and your best friend, right? Then how often are you going to use the platform? But if you, your best friend plus the rest of your classmates, and then plus the rest of your school so then it becomes more interesting, right? There's more dynamic kinds yeah. of uh, communities. And you they can write do. testy for you, right? They, write, testy yeah. for you. <laughs> they like your stuff. And then you, you start having like um yeah, oh you like the other person's testimonial, you never like mine, so there's a kind of uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
1: We so, all so went that... through that stage okay?
2: <laughs> so, that, so that's actually engagement. That's actually engagement. It's a really good point. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, um, mm-hmm. and, and that actually drives uh the traffic to Uh, throughout the rest of Facebook also because people want to use the platform and um, Mm. more users want to come on board also to be part of this Uh, and it's hard for them to leave basically the whole community is there your whole village is there already Mm. and uh, your experiences will be much better because uh, everyone else is involved so it's all about validation Uh, let's say now on Instagram you post something I ate at a 5 star restaurant only one person liked it Don't, don't like that lah. Then you, you start to hey. think like, okay, why my other friends never like, right? Then you start to share the post on, to, on Telegram or WhatsApp to go and tell them, hey, I went to this place. You never see, it? Yeah. you want them to be involved in your life, right? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. that is the kind of uh, generation or the thinking that we have today, uh, which is mm. actually like a flywheel um, in creating more
1: uh, usage
2: and definitely more users will come forward also.
1: I think the network effect Um, it's definitely a big thing when it comes to this kind of big ecosystem kind of player, right? From socials to like uh, payments, you know, uh, to like internet, you know, those kind of guys. Um, The bigger the network, the more value it is. And I think a lot of people can, you know, kind of let your imagination run wild a little bit, you know, into like what are the other businesses that can happen because of the big network that has already, you know, gathered Mm. so far, right? Nobody else has the network like Facebook, you know, at, at this moment in time. Right. Mm. So that's something that's something interesting to note, yeah. Then uh, another mode would be
2: technological, so I uh, won't go into too the like in depth technicals stuff, uh, but basically think of the uh, infrastructure right, that powers the whole entire uh, platform under Facebook, right? Not just for web, but for your Instagram, for your WhatsApp. How come you can perhaps like send your message right, and then the person can receive instantaneously? How come you can delete, and the other person also can 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 like the the message will disappear one? Right? Yeah, so all these are, are incremental features, but uh now it's very common, but when it was uh, released last time, right, it's, it's pretty big thing yeah uh we also look at the number of uh let's say like servers you need to go and support that much of usage and um and scale up yeah so automatically, if there's a new user it's going to take up this amount of space or this amount of resource. it's doing that automatically instead of last time like oh, I need to go and like, order more servers like manually, for example, yeah, this is all automatically done. Um, rather than needing someone in the back to go and uh, configure this, uh. so uh, that all the upfront cost, right, is paying back lots and lots of dividends now. Mm-hmm. And this is a mode Amazing. because that infra has already been built. Uh, anyone else who tries to do that, they have to spend that much in order to get to that point. Also, uh, before even like acquiring the users.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. That that is some real real technical difficulties. A lot of people don't realize right Mm. cool cool so i think that that's pretty much those two Um, is there any other things about modes Mm. it would be like the
2: marketing spend so Mm. this is the platform where you have a lot of attention where a lot of eyeballs and the marketers know that they need to spend here if not they're going to lose up like let's say Mm. you have a marketer in charge of uh, one company like let's say okay example adidas and nike right? Mm. Adidas is there. Nike is not there. Something is wrong, right? Why? Mm. Yeah, wherever the other, my competing brands are, I need to be there to compete back, right? So I'm going to have to spend uh, dollars there. I'm going to set, set aside a budget. It's a much, much higher uh, return on the marketing budget compared to anywhere else. Well, other than TikTok, lah, which is a new entrant. Uh, but we see Facebook so far is one of the best really. So that's where most of the budget is going to. Uh, uh for all marketers, whichever company you are that 's the best way to to reach out to your audience and that in itself really is a mode because for any other tech company that needs uh to get these kind of engagement levels up to that point right you need to have that kind of uh that conversion ratio right that we talked about earlier. How do you reach to that mm-hmm. point your everything has to be seamless right your yeah. u- number of users, the data that you collect. Uh how people click, how people engage your website, all that kind of stuff. You could say it's like technological and all that, yeah, but it's marketers' perception really of your of your brand and of uh Facebook as an advertising platform. It's really solid, really. We must do Facebook. That's the number one thing.
1: Yeah. Mm, mm. Nice. So I, I didn't recognize that. I didn't recognize that Facebook in itself is also like a brand kind of thing, really. Like like you have to use it. Right. So mm. okay, that that's interesting. So mm. then to, to sum up today, um just can you run us through like What are the headwinds and the tailwinds that the companies are facing in your view? Right, I think the big one would be uh, more regulation from the US
2: and maybe also from Mm. other countries. Mm. I think it was actually some time ago, uh, but let's say the Trump era, uh, where it was Mm. this storming of the Capitol Hill. I think that was pretty big. Mm. Um, Big. It was a combination of uh, uh, social media platforms that could have done something, but Facebook uh, Mm. had a pretty big responsibility in that also. Um, why? It's because, say, the way that they do their uh, targeted advertising uh, and the way they collect the data and serve it back to you in the form of ads or what you want to see is very, very ethically, a very fine line. Uh. Yeah. So this one is a constant back and forth between uh, Facebook's uh, legal or CEO and then the, the, the regulatory bodies, right? Um, at any point in time, this could be a risk any point in time, this could be a very material risk yeah? because it can say like, oh, no. If someone, if a country just says like, oh, no, Facebook's not going to operate in our country because you have refused to comply with uh, so-and-so. Yeah. And then just Facebook just cancel out of, a total, uh, of the market entirely. Right? An example of that, other than regulation uh, in this sense, uh, because of the ethics, right, is say TikTok. They're just totally blocked out of uh, US and India. They just don't have that growth in those countries anymore. So, same thing for Facebook. It could happen for any other country as well. Yeah. And uh, within the US, maybe it won't be so uh, crazy to say like, oh no, Facebook stopped operating in the US. But uh, the way they operate may have to change. So you see perhaps uh, more uh, costs involved in restructuring the way that they serve US users. And then you have this complication like, why Facebook users in the US is going to be treated differently from other countries. And then you've got like two different sets of operations, right? So that mm-hmm. incurs more cost. Yeah, That also may impact their revenues because then um, certain ways that you collect the data may not be available anymore. It might not be so uh, good for the advertisers because it's no, no longer so accurate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, To bring some context, uh, basically you scroll through your Facebook feed, right? Uh, and you ask your friend to scroll through the Facebook feed as well. What is going to happen uh, very
1: likely is that what you scroll and your friend scrolling is going to be very different. Very... Yeah, very very different and I've had that kind of experience while I was using my friend's like phone or like, lap, like tablet you know it's, it's not just a Facebook thing Netflix YouTube you know um, everything you know a, a lot of the tech platforms they do that mm.
0: it's so,
1: so algorithmically targeted at your preferences and what you like sometimes I log into the like I have multiple YouTube accounts because of, of work right and then I'll be like eh why all the video I don't want to watch on? You know that kind of thing? So, mm, so it's, mm, it's already a thing, right? So yeah. Mm. So put it to the extreme,
2: let's say for a storming of Capitol Hill, you have certain uh, members of the population that is quite extreme. And sometimes mm. also uh, they want to just find something that coincides with their beliefs. And what Facebook mm. does, uh, whether, I won't say it's on purpose, but it's just the way the algorithm was designed, it reinforces what you want to see. And that's why it keeps you uh, getting hooked on Facebook. But it creates very, very siloed uh, mindsets. And you have very big differences between uh, groups. Uh. So you can see like, people are just fighting on Twitter, people are fighting on Facebook for no reason, right? Um, you get that kind of social effect. And that is a very big dilemma for countries, especially to go and handle. And that is also a very big way of how Facebook can collect your data. Because uh, basically what you engage with on the feed reinforces the algorithm to show you more of it right? Now, if that is being affected, then basically
1: the data collection is going to get affected. And that downstream, right? Your revenue is also going to get affected. Okay. I think today we had a pretty good discussion, you know, and pretty balanced in the sense of like, you know, we're not like, oh, Facebook, Facebook, everything is like, yeah, I think fundamentally Facebook is very powerful and they've done a great job in getting getting to where they are. But like what you've pointed out, at this moment in time, there's a lot of moral dilemma and a lot of you know, countries are looking at big moves to try to you know work through this process of like what the social media can can share, what they can talk about. Are they going to become broadcast platforms because they have actually algorithms and in, involved? And all those things are headline news. You know that um, I think for a lot of people, if you're interested to in invest in Facebook, you gotta look out for it because it will. It seems like just a little bit of change, but it's gonna change a lot of. The processes involved, you know, but don't be over-frightened by, it in a sense that, you know, most most good companies and good teams they will work with whatever systems that is in place, and and I think um in a in a short medium term maybe there's a little bit of turmoil, but um if you have good faith in the team then yeah maybe the team can just kind of steer you through the same you know more challenges in that sense.
2: Uh yeah. there's the underside things also So Facebook has been mm. um pretty involved in politics also. So that's something mm-hmm. that you
1: may want to check out. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) important important. I think a lot of big companies they have lobbying arms Mm -hmm. right and uh, it's what a lot of people don't recognize yeah and they're not lobbying alone they're lobbying with Apple with Google with Amazon (laughs) they are banding together to lobby in the US and the US does set a lot of the parameters of the world Right, mm. So so that's that's the interesting part. Mm. Okay, mm. so thanks for sharing today. I think I think we learned a lot. We can continue to have discussion as we go along with a lot of other companies. Mm. Um, is there any other thing you want to add as we end off today? I
2: think always do the due diligence. Like. I think I hope we covered uh, some of the important areas of Facebook, but also some of the major trends in the world. Uh, it really affects us as a society. Like. Yeah. So it's interesting to look at it as a, as a company, but also look at it, how it's affecting uh, the rest of the world. And uh, basically how it's also impacting how new competitors are rising to respond to Facebook now that it's in this situation. Yeah. So it is very, very uh, dynamic. I think this is pretty interesting.
1: Yeah. Cool.
0: Okay. Thank you. Thank you. See you. Bye. All right.
2: Thanks, Reggie. Ooh.
0: Hey Coconut, so I hope you learned something useful today and definitely recognise that investing is a personal decision. We're not giving you any recommendations here, but i always happy to geek out with you about different interesting companies and trends for the future. This series has a lot more depth and terms, so if you have any questions for us, do join our Community Telegram group or DM us on our socials. Link is in the description. If you love us and want to help us grow, definitely share the podcast with your friends and on your socials. And to stay tuned with what is happening in the markets and in the TFC network, do sign up for our weekly newsletter at thefinancialcoconut.com. With that, I hope you have a great day ahead and may you improve to become a confident, insightful and disciplined investor, ultimately creating the life you love while managing your finances well. See ya next week.